The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Casks and Cravats, A Song to Tangier. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Bonsoir and well met. My name is Mr. Swips, formerly of the Melanges and the Milieus. I bid you a breezy welcome to Casks and Cravats, A Song to Tangier, a way to bring high society to the airwaves. It is the picnic days on the French Riviera, and I am sitting upon the luxurious yacht, La Trois Comparse. As we ease into the golden hour, I am, of course, joined by my fellow well-wishers, the ebullient Mr. Dundas, the enigmatic Mr. Pontchartrain, and, of course, the effervescent Mr. Overthor. My summertide gents, thank you for joining me for this scoring of golden evening amongst friends, fiends, and familias. Hear, hear. Well met, Mr. Swips. And I would be remiss if I did not extend an even warmer welcome to our new friend here, who did not join us last time a bit late to the party, Mr. Ponchatrain. Hello. Thank you, thank you. You know, some people say I'm a bit enigmatic because of my raven that follows me around at all times. But I would say that I am also a bit, um, perhaps incomparable, perhaps a little bit effervescent, almost like uh, perhaps a nice wine would be. Oh, and now, now. You are telling me that the raven follows you. That's not your raven. I assume that was some sort of pet or trained raven that is. Well, we just sort of have an agreement of sorts. Ah, uh, understanding with the bird. You seem to be uh, me pre-divorce. Ha ha. Ha now, now, now. I like to call my wife a bird. However, she has left me, and I wish her a warm rest. Mr. Dundas, please let us not sog down the evening with talk of yes, divorce yes. and marriage. How dreadful. Now, as we sit here upon this beautiful boat, we look around at what we see, and the sea, and we smell the sea. Gentlemen, what are you drinking? Mm, yes, a most appropriate way of beginning our festivities. Yes, yes. If no one objects, I would like to tell you my unique cocktail concoction. Yes, Ooh. yes, yes, yes. Now, you've heard of Port and Starboard, I surmise. I can see both of them left and right. It means left and right for those who yacht. don't know. The cocktail, my friend, the cocktail. I have reinvented the port and starboard cocktail, which is traditionally a half ounce of grenadine and a half ounce of green creme de menthe. I have upgraded it. You can see here in my festive, I got a much larger cup than the small nature of the first one here. I have added to the grenadine and green creme de menthe one sleeve of Lady Burn whiskey. Of course, I have added with that. This is where it truly becomes uh, 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 something effervescent to me. I add a cup of port wine. Yes, and then uh, one more cup to round it off of sweetest sweet berry juice. And I like to call this port and starboard and port and juice. Ooh. How delectable. As I swivel it here, you can see the high alcohol content and the legs running down it. The green creme de myth clears the palate while giving a savory flavor as well. The cigar ends an umami note, almost akin to a soy sauce or bitters here, and it permeates through the entire cocktail, making every drink completely divine. And remember, when you order one of these, remember, credit it to Mr. Dundas, the inventor of the cocktail. I'm going on a whole nautical theme now. For the rest of my life, I've decided. I have a final aesthetic, and it's nautical themes. Lighthouses, anchors. You can see my boat's been decorated with them in, tr- <laughs> in multitudes. Very good. It smells so pungent and sweet. I could smell it from here. Very creative to have a nautical theme for your yacht. Thank you very much. I thought, what more do I like looking at rather than a big anchor? I love seeing a big anchor in a painting. I love seeing a big anchor on a wall. In any sort of seafood restaurant, that seems to be where I'm most comfortable. Well, I think it is perhaps a little bit vile to see an anchor on, let's say, a tattoo. Ye gods. Oh, no, 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 no. Aghast. Oh, 
If I ever saw a man with an anchor tattoo, I would think him a simpleton much akin to the heart and a mom tattoo. Simply trash and graffiti sprayed on one's own body. I would imagine such a low-class man would wear boxer shorts with red hearts on them. Ah. <laughs> Mr. Overthrow, you're always so funny. Uh, what about you, gentlemen? Mr. Overthrow, please detail us, enlighten us. What are you drinking today? If I may set the stage. Ah, yes. Burgundy, 2012. Ooh, good year. Les Frères Del Rue. Walk oh. on their sun-dappled rolling hills, plucking grape after grape by hand. Oh. Well, this region of France is known for its cool nights and scorching days. They crush the grape, they bottle it, with one muse in mind. The soon-to-be-released film Project X. The wine has been laid to rest in a cavern, cellar, basement, bastiments and caves all across France since that day. Gentlemen, I've uncorked it. Oh, mm. it smells divine. The whole mm. aura is permeating throughout the almost, Oh, <laughs> I might even think some of my lesser servants in a moment where they forget their place might turn their head eagerly to the smell. Mm. And they will be harshly reprimanded if they make eye contact with me while I drink this wine. As should they be. It smells as mm. supple and delicate as perhaps a fancy magazine where you can scratch and smell a perfume on an ad. Mm. Mm. Please have a sip, Mr. Overthur. We'll wait in rapturous silence as you process the flavors in your mouth. And I will and accept may, this invitation. May I partake in a small glass myself? Ah, Yes, allow me to pour you some one moment. Ooh, perfect. Ah. Ooh, the beautiful color on it. Mmm. Rich, great legs. But speaking of Mr. Ponchartran, what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> oh, please. Please, Mr. Overthrower. Mr. Overthrower, you're such the flatterer. I would say uh, your your drink looks absolutely divine, but I'm trying to keep my palate fresh for what I have concocted here, if I may share. Mm, please. You know, as I peer out upon the picturesque expanse of the French Riviera before us, the heart and, dare I say, the palate desires something as light as a feather and something as summery as perhaps a summer breeze. Mm. So what I have here in my hand is what I like to call a Dionysian chariot. It's something of a gimlet spritzer. It's a cocktail consisting of gin, lime juice, seltzer, and a little helping of Trace Calabasas Merlot from my own Trace Calabasas winery in California. Oh, mm. congratulations. And I think I just, I chose the best grapes in the whole winery. I told my people... Save about 40 of the best grapes you find all year and put them into a bottle for me. Oh, just 40. That's about that's all it takes with Trace Calabasas. I had no idea you were the insider. I tell you, I'm very impressed by your knowledge. So this I can is light them now, and breezy. The roundest. The most supple and succulent grapes. It's almost sensual how supple these grapes were. Mm. Mm -hmm. I can imagine you handling them now very carefully and gingerly. Oh, yes, indeed. Ah, uh, well, I know you to have a sharp palate, Mr. Ponchatrain. Uh, almost as sharp as the creases in your jeans. <laughs> <laughs> now, I apologize. I, I saw the scowl, Mr. Overther. I, I promise you I will not mention jeans again this entire recording. Thank Denim you. Have it. Denim has its time and its place, but it's certainly not here or right now. Now that you've all, you know humored me and telling me what you're sipping on. I myself am enjoying a bottle of 2005 Birthday Father Grand Cru. It has a mm. bitter front to it, but a middle a little bit sweet akin to a Riesling. In the end, mm. well, <laughs> it's about as dry as the Sahara itself. Just the way Oof. I like it. 
That means more food to stuff into your face, olives and mushrooms. Cheeses, of course. More, please. Bring more. Mm-hmm. A nice dry wine to match your dry wit, Mr. Swift. <laughs> oh. Hair, hair. Hair, hair. Cheers. Salute. Let me get a sip of this as well. Mm. It has such a great wine flavor to it, doesn't it? Oh, Mm, it tastes exactly like wine. I love how red it is. Mm. It also looks a little bit like water, but it swoles and has that reddish color to it that makes you realize it's not water. Very sweet. The color and of desire detect, is what I say. <laughs> do I detect a hint of alcohol in this wine? Ah, that you do. And as uh, you see you here, devil? the legs are <laughs> quite unique as they twist the other way. Oh, the legs go. Uh, the legs go all the way up, I heard. Now, now. Mm, yes. Enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot fan the flames of my passion quickly enough. Well, now, certain lesser wines have two left feet. Let <laughs> me say that uh-huh. Mr. Overthor said he would like to set the stage. Mr. Overthor, you built the stage and you brought the house down. But uh-huh. now allow me to set the scene. We inform those listening with their kind ears what we are drinking and munching on for a little bit of a snack. Well, how do we look? What are we wearing? Mm, it's a beautiful, balmy day on the French Riviera. Mm. Of course, we are relaxed, but also dressed immaculately, I must say. It's always a pleasure to spend an afternoon with you gentlemen. I I feel like I'm uh, uh, simply absconding with three models from some high posh italian fashions show yes well gentlemen are we in milan or french riviera <laughs> i cannot tell <laughs> well, let me let me let me let me let me give it a little bit of a picture here i am wearing linens all white of course mm, yes it is summertime the time to be loose and light i am of course not wearing any shoes and as you know i recently visited morocco as i do Annually, and there I purchased the largest turban I could find, which you see upon my head now. Mm. Very exotic. Very exotic. Thank you. Very. Now, foreign. please, who would like to go next? If I may list my outfit, Mister Overthor, you are immaculate. I have taken a brown suit, a brown blazer with brown pants, of course, brown shoes, as would match. A brown belt. I've taken a beige shirt, collars, buttoned to the top. I've donned a red tie with a yellow monogram, DK, my grandfather's maternal's initials. And I have my hair in a uh, playful coif. Yes, you do look quite incredible. The red tie especially highlighting the brownness. You look like a slab of exquisite mahogany. Oh, thank you. Your your words are sweeter than your drink in your glass. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can compete with the drink in my glass, but I'll take your compliments any way I can. Only Mister Over to Mister Overthor. Mister Overthor, salute, salute, Chinchin. Only Mister Overthor can pull off a suit the color of Tuscany leather. I could never. Mm-hmm. I could never. Uh, perhaps, uh, if gentlemen, before I announce and explain to the audience what my wardrobe is, I have an announcement to make that would give a lot of context oh, to my current outfit pray tell. As I said before, my final aesthetic for the rest of my life will be nautical themes. I have ironed it in, and I will not be deviating from any nautical themes for the rest of my life. As I have aged, and I find myself with a little gray on my beard, I find it distinguished and... Very gentlemanly. Um, but I have another announcement to say. My final pattern. Everything I am wearing today will be in the herringbone pattern. I have spent, uh, I'd say, six months in my study going over various patterns to find what I think would be the final fit. And herringbone, the interlocking back and forth sort of pattern, will be my final pattern. So any other tailors that are listening... Any of my former tailors, I regret to inform you, if you cannot do herringbone, I will not be working with you anymore. 
First, starting at the top of my head, I am wearing a royal English Navy style bicorn hat, a sort of admiral hat. You can see it's royal navy blue with a bit of gold fringe along the top here. This goes down to my blue ascot, which I am tucked in high and tight, so you cannot see any part of my neck at all. Tucked in, of course, into a blue and white suit here. I have rolled up my suit pants sleeves, and I am also going barefoot. I believe that is uh, epitome, epitome, epitome? It's epitome. I think it's the final thing of how good it is. I will be barefoot for the remainder of my life as well. Well, you can't Man. argue with herringbone, I would I would say. And such immaculate toes. Well, let's know. Well, you, perhaps I, you know, there's, yes, I have. Uh, uh, I take care of myself in the same way you all gentlemen would, getting my hair and nails done, getting my facial scrubs, getting well taken care of and pampered for. And I want to impress as much as the high standard you gentlemen have set. Well, well I, I would say, say that... Well, you must say, go ahead. I must say, as far as my outfit is concerned, the aroma of the wine is simply wafting and radiating around us. Mm. It's almost glimmering off of my houndstooth ascot. And accentuating my ascot is a turquoise bolo tie with a silver trinket on it depicting a horse in mid-sprint. And as you can see, Immaculate. I am wearing a five-piece suit. No need to explain more than that. And as you can see, my leather loafers were designed by a French guy. Oh, I can tell. It seems right there at the bottom of the loafers. Is that Does that say Sacre Bleu? Yeah, and check out underneath, uh, if I lift up the sole of my shoe here, pardon me for a moment, it says Made in France. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Very, very nice. We are all dressed very immaculately. I must compliment you, gentlemen, of course, of showing up again to another one of our fine uh, escapades, looking dressed to the nines. But in particular, I would like to give credit to the ever-iridescent Mr. Overthur. Mr. Overthur. Salute to Mr. Overthur. Thank you. I simply cannot raise my glass to you enough. Yes, well, I'm quite pleased with the way we all look. Uh, around springtime, you could find any four of us wearing a Madras Mumu. That was the style at the time, but now the summer's here and it's here to stay until Labor Day, where this white is going out the door. <laughs> of course, yes. Now. Must not be late. Now. Now that we've had all that settled, we've got that business over with. Gentlemen, how have you been? What's your leisurely days been like? What have you been doing? What have you been seeing? What have you been doing? What have you been reading? Well, uh, perhaps I would. I have spent a lot of time in the bleakness of winter and the drab. I found myself in solitude for quite some time. I am prone to malaise in a general sense, and as such, I will be known to sit in my study for months and months at a time, I have currently been engaging in one of the most rivetous novels I have ever read. Something that has captured my imagination, my entire worldview. Uh, I have been reading a book called The Discreet Maitre d'. Ooh. Mm-hmm. By, by Miles Deborah. And Sounds it has absolutely been riveting. A saucy erotic, adventurous tale of a maitre d' who gets caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. Now, in my life and in ours, we have passed by maitre d's countless times and have ignored them as the placeholders they largely are. This novel portends with the question, what if a maitre d' was more discreet? And I have found myself glued to the pages. The second I finish it, trust me, all three of you will be getting copies sent to your house, and I will be expecting reports. It sounds not unlike a novel I read earlier this summer by the title of The Chaplain's Maidservant. Mm. Um, I don't want to give it all away, but I would say it's sort of a tale of love and religiosity with, dare I say, a dash of salaciousness thrown into the blend there. 
Now, if I may compare it to The Scouse Woman, which is a tale of quiet bravery, I think mm. you'll find that there's quite a bit of overlap in the themes, concepts, plot, setting, etc. Mm. Mm. Yes. I didn't even get on the themes or concepts, let alone a motif. And mm. all three of those would bring to mind for myself the muse and the molasses one of the most sensuous stories I've read in quite some time. I found it to be riveting. I was nearly finished with it, but it was so tantalizing. I threw it clean off my balcony. (laughs) I must have caught it then. I have read The Muse and the Molasses. You did catch it. You were staying below me in Monte Carlo, which we're headed to, by the way. I uh, I took it immediately to my large clawfoot tub. As all of you know, I'm an enthusiast of large clawfoot tubs. The most recent purchase... I have is a clawfoot tub that is over 10 feet long. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your guttural sounds of approval. <laughs> you could fit yes. some extra friends in there. <laughs> I'm no, sure. And Mr. Dundas, you hound. <laughs> literary some or extra otherwise. extracurricular activities. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately <laughs> for me, with the muse and molasses, I found myself so enriched by sexuality, I did not even need a woman present. Well, I must suggest. I would simply rub my own chest in the future. and find myself. If you end up having uh, perhaps a dame sharing that clawfoot tub with you, may I suggest that you both pick up a copy of The Mademoiselle and the Marmoset. It is a Ooh. absolutely salacious page turner that I think will get the lady in the mood as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and if I may yes. say what I've been reading, I had a I had some company recently, but I Ooh, I surely forgot her presence you. as I was reading the knave and his captor, and I could not be more engrossed <laughs> or intoxicated than if there were glasses of wine on every page. Similarly, when I, I read get- the general and his ensign, the well-wisher and his wishes, and my personal favorite, the jicama and the honeydew, a misty-eyed <laughs> view of Antebellum South, I simply... The book was hot by the speed of my turning pages. You know, the jicama mm. and the honeydew sounds a lot like another favorite tome of mine, the parlor made in the pomegranate. Uh, it's especially mm. good this time of year. The fragrance of the pomegranate just comes straight off the page, almost as if it was a fancy magazine where you smell the perfume in it. Now I can imagine <laughs> now uh, Mr. Overther's mistress waiting in quiet solitude as Mr. Overther goes eye over eye over every word of this loquacious book. Her sitting there, eager and waiting, receiving nothing. Oh, to be one of your muses, Mister Overther. Oh, her. What a what a what a what a important position for any feminine. She laid, ignored in repose. Certainly, mm. <laughs> perhaps on a chase lounge. Mm. The ever erudite Mister Overther. Now, please don't think little of me. In my time earlier, right when the summer began, I was in Three Pumpkins, California, relaxing on Breakfast Beach. And I found myself absolutely drawn into the very famous French comic series, Dingbat and Doorbell, about the detective and his sidekick dog solving mysteries around the world. I found it to be not juvenile, but rather deep. Perhaps you got some boyhood invigoration from such a store. I I hear that. I My eyes, I almost fell backwards in my chair to believe that the ever wise Mr. Swips could perhaps enjoy something even tinged juvenile. Uh, you're always surprising me, Mr. Swips, I must say. I must say. Well, (laughs) I always try to please and surprise. And, well, you know, we're changing by the years. Well, like uh, like the rest of you, I like to do a lot of my summer reading while I summer. Mm. And for most of this summer, I have been summering on Lake Pontchantrain, which it is a new lake in Morocco that I had built for me, actually. Oh, congratulations. Yes, about 20,000 Moroccans worked on it around the clock from, dare I say, the break of winter until the dusk of spring so that I might summer upon my own titular lake. And actually, the very first book I read upon the completion of my lake was Drudge and Delinquents, a Victorian vintner's tale. And it really adds some historical context to what it means to be a vintner and to 
grow some of the most succulent grapes that have ever existed for winemaking. May I ask a question? Of course. Are there any instances of quiet bravery in said novel? (laughs) I think you'll find quite a number of them if you dare to crack open its pages. Mr. Poncho (laughs) would you please post me this novel? Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I've got a few others for you. Go on. I I think, Mr. Overthrow, you in particular would appreciate the Fraulein and the Senorita. Oh. And the follow-up book, I don't know if you're ready for this one, but it's called The Nympho's Quandary. And I don't mean to spoil it, but uh, her quandary is surprisingly sexual in nature. These tales wow. and of exotic yet women. delicate and tasteful. You know, I was reading a short story in the, the monthly uh, uh, publication, Remarks and Redolence. And there was a story about two young boys who grew up in Normandy, and they would race chocobos together. It reminded me of our friendship and our love for racing ourselves. Gentlemen, I know you have all, each one of you, purchased some fine stallions and mares this season. Oh, yes. Would you care to share? Well, perhaps I will start and let you guys go around. I have a racehorse, which uh, I take to be one of the grandest racehorses in all the world. Of course, he should be ready to race in the spring. Invictus 2 is uh, a strong specimen uh, uh, of quiet, stoic beauty. I have him painted every single day. I hire a painter to come to the stables and paint Invictus 2 every day. I believe it helps with his confidence. And hopefully by the time spring rolls around and he's racing, we can uh, 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 sell his sperm for exorbitant amounts of money. The value of such seed would only be matched by the value of another Project X wine that simply had gone undiscovered before. Any any other horses we want to share? Oh, yes. I've had a mixture of successes and follies this horse racing season. Unfortunately, my new horse, Lucky 7, didn't work out so well. Uh, he died on the track in his first race. But I've had a, a great amount of success. How did... How did the horse die on the track? Gunshot wound, unfortunately. Oh, oh my, my, my. Hate to see it. Hate to see they it. Hate to see it. They need to stop allowing people to bring those rifles mm-hmm. into the tracks. That's from the old mm-hmm. world. Well, I see, I think mm-hmm. the problem is some of these these folks are trying to shoot the rabbit. They see that rab- rabbit that all the horses are chasing, and they fancy themselves uh, sort of hunters. They see some game out there. They shoot the rabbit, but... They're just not excellent shots like we are, and they end up shooting the horses. Of course, it is tradition in a horse race to slat loose a rabbit and let the horse's carnivorous instincts kick in as they chase after the rabbit. Uh, I understand that. But I I must say I have had some other successes this season. Uh, Runs on Solar came in first place in a number of races. Oh, congratulations. Laps the competition. Didn't quite lap the competition, but she did win a couple of uh, big purses. Mm. Um, Jersey Mike Myers is showing promise. Pretty good. Fortune's full. And my latest acquisition, the Diesel Damsel. All of them are showing promise at this early stage. Very good. Mm. I'm sure they'll serve you fine, just fine for years to come. But Mr. Swips, what of your stallions? Well, (laughs) if I may, I acquired four fine specimens recently. To begin, one of my favorites, a brown Arabian beautiful horse, the Fresno Freak. Mm. Next up, I was very happy to have this one come along and be within my stables. A big, large, black Oldenburger known as Oysters Rockefeller. Oh, Oh, that's that Palomino mare you have, correct? No. That would be (laughs) Dr. Crazy. Was Dr. Crazy the one in the Christmas card who was eating the bushel of apples out of your hand? Yes, the very ah, one. Ah, yes. And yes, then last yes, but not least, a beautiful Holsteiner known as Uncle Ho. Ah, uh, Uncle Ho. Yes, yes, yes. 
He raced last year at the Credenza Spring, mm, correct? This very same. Yes, you have a fine yes. memory, Mr. Dundas. I'm surprised. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Even after I all remember, the wine, all these years. I was three sheets to the wind <laughs> in, a, in a vessel made sailing on an ocean of wine. And might I, might I, I will specify always those sheets remember were that 700 thread count. Mr. Pontchartrain, mm. Mr. Overthrower, forgive me for being a little bit crass, but this man right here had garters up his arm that he collected that whole trip. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> well, lord. You, uh, a memorable trip indeed, yes. But I'd say, regardless of my sexual conquests, of which there were many, my biggest memory is getting bitten by that horse. He took a chunk right out of my arm. You can see it right here. Heavens to Betsy. Mm. Yes. It wasn't Dr. I Ho. Had- it wasn't Dr. Ho, though. Don't get the wrong idea, folks. No, and I must admit it was a little bit of my issue of wandering blindfully into the stables. I figured at such a professional horse racing event that somebody would stop me. But it appears that when I'm inebriated, everyone just simply lets me go wherever I want without stopping. Well, we all know these horses are the these horses price are of wealth. hungry for the championship, but it looks like that horse bit off a little more than he could chew. <laughs> well, this horse was put down, not for that, but after a race, he broke a leg. His name was Lazarus Taint, and he was mm. unfortunately expired that day. He was decommissioned. Day. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Very sad eating that horse meat later and those horse steak after horse steak coming off the grill. It added a somber element to the rude to remember that even during a celebration of life, such as a horse race, anyone can die and that you must savor the horse meat as you eat it every mm. single day. Now, Mr. Overthrower, modest as always, you have not shared your horses with us. Mr. Swips, I must confess, it is not honesty that has stayed my tongue. Mm. Gentlemen, I'm <laughs> Come Brooklyn. now. My beloved Hold Clydesdale. Hold on, let me scoot to the edge of my seat. My beloved oh, Clydesdale, Drake Passionfruit, was killed... <laughs> When an ordinary workman set atop it, thinking Ugh. it was a Budweiser ale horse to ride to the brewery uh, no. in Soulard. No. no! It no. cannot be. Say it ain't so. It cannot be. No! Gentlemen. Gentlemen. I please. am beside myself I'm with verklempt. anger. The common man to dragging mistake, us down yet again. Mistake a magnificent mare for a the common sweating louse sitting upon God's such a fine horse. Creature. An outrage. He should be put into the chair. We should hang him. God's most beautiful creature killed by his most disgusting and unworthy. A man with brown fingernails and sweat stains on his dungarees, no doubt. A freckled toad. A man named <laughs> Ned Bud or similar. Mm. Newt Truck or similar. My God. Such such displeasure is, is bubbling in my stomach. Please, I have a condition known as permanent hiccups I would not like you to reinvent right now. Well, I must say, hearing such hearing such depressing, hearing such crass names of the commoners does remind me of some better times we had, uh, perhaps on our recent trip to Pismo Beach. Ah, (laughs) yes, Pismo Beach. You said the magic words, Mister Pontchartrain. I I was wondering if we were going to spill the proverbial beans about our trip to Pismo Beach or if we were playing those cards close to the chest. But it looks like we're all in, gentlemen. Should we perhaps elaborate the audience on what our trip entailed? I think we can imbibe in a bit of naughtiness. Gentlemen, if we're all in, let's reveal the river and raise the roof. (laughs) Well, let's say this. We have started a... I will call it a a recent tradition where us four eloquent, elevated, wealthy gentlemen, um, let's not mince hairs, we'll say it as we are. We are some of the most premier gentlemen within the world. It's a lot of pressure at times to remain this standard of aesthetic beauty as well as dignified gentlemanliness. So we absconded to a little-known location called Pismo Beach in California, in which we all assumed monikers for the entirety of the trip to be regular, down-to-earth guys. Uh, Mr. Overther, how would you describe a regular sort of person? I think you're talking about a man dressed in overalls with soot on his face and soot instead of a shirt, with shoe polish instead of shoes on his feet, 
walking around asking, who won the Cavs game last night? Where's my beer? Where's my cigarettes? Where's my beefsteak Charlie's? This so- sort of disgusting man. I, uh, I'm, I'm brought back to my horse. I said, oh. Some sort of vile man overing, ordering over easy eggs and hashed browns. Oh. <laughs> This uh, vileness we sort of playfully descended into, and we all chose monikers of being, you know, some Jimmy and Joey type guys mm. eating hamburgers and our hotted dogs. Driving I a assume the identity. I assume the identity of a man named Suds Krieger, in which I wore jeaned shorts as well as a polo shirt that said Under Armour on it, whatever that means, as well as Tiva sandals. I did not comb my hair once during the excursion. I showered a scant twice a day and we enjoyed regular life as regular people. Gentlemen, how did you find it? Well, yes, I I must say that I took upon the nom de guerre of uh, Bert Chesapeake and this is war. You know, I, I considered it like a wartime situation, albeit a very fun war. But we were around all kinds of disgusting folks who prefer hamburgers over a nice steak, for example. Or caviar. We were staying at the Dolphin Cove Motel. Uh, yes, I dare say yes. there were no dolphins there, though. It was uh, more like people whose IQs were quite substantially lower than that of dolphins. Oh, mm. ho, ho, ho. To, to, to give and the noble dolphin slippery. a comparison to them would be an insult to Mother Nature indeed. Um, we All of us donned uh, what I would say are some fairly brown clothes. Uh, I was wearing khaki shorts. Ah, no, I did not we wear went brown. Down to the, we went down to the local pro shop to digest ourselves into some lower class, whatever a fancy word for clothes. <laughs> yes, and I took upon the... <laughs> in a way, pen name, because I did write a book. I wrote a book under this name, Elvis Caesar, and I wore wore a hat that said, I heart Kalamazoo, Michigan. A Tommy Bahama shirt, a button-up, which upon first donning, I wept. It was so comfortable. I wore a pair of No Fear swim trunks, and upon my feet were Birkenstock sandals. And I never looked it w- more normal. It was simply vile. We looked like <laughs> simple Midwestern salary men <laughs> on an excursion to see the ocean for the first time. Oh, yes. I need to go out on my little boat to catch some pike. Yes. I want to catch some walleye. <laughs> oh, asking people on the boardwalk, if I start swimming, will I reach Japan? No. And having a good hearty guffaw as I slap my knee till it bruises. I have no idea. We've all crossed all the oceans several times. Gentlemen, it's time I confess something. While Mm -hmm. you went to the boardwalk, I absconded on my own little venture. Oh, how daring of you. Pray tell your monk's friends for Salvador. (laughs) I took the name Al Mudazil, remember? And most of the trip I wore cotton dockers and A-frame t-shirts and Florsheim shoes. But over this I wore a hoodie. <laughs> and that's oh, not no. A, not a hoodie. You do not even look like a common man, but a, a, a common delinquent. Did you find yourself while wearing such hoodie being stalked by the police? <gasps> Much worse still, at, at the nearby coach station, I boarded a bus. Oh, oh no. You dog over there. And it gets that's, worse. That's quite dangerous, Mr. Overthor. As it drove Anyone around, I out? wrote Eminem lyrics on a yellow pad, <laughs> walking rhymes of things I see have been looking out the window. Mr. Overther, you did not tell us about this adventure. It must have been quite personal in nature. Well, the wine is talking now, so. Ah, uh, yes. The man well, who has climbed Mount Everest, the man who has gone over Victoria Falls in a barrel, and he never spoke to me about this bus trip. Mr. Overthur. You still amaze me with your surprises. I have something to admit as well. Yes? Mr. Dunbass, please. 
Well, the day we were on the boardwalk as well, I absconded. Mr. Dundas. Mr. Dundas. Yes, 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 I admit. I went to a place that wasn't even establishment. (gasps) I went underneath the boardwalk. Oh, my word. Yes, with the cigarette-smoking teenagers that made me cough up a storm, I bravely pushed my way past, and I removed from my pocket a Sharpie marker. And do you know what I did? What did you do, Mr. Dundas? <sighs> I drew a picture of Bart Simpson on a wooden wall oh my Lord. underneath the pier. You're surrounded Dundas. by vagrants and variables. How foul. Beneath the boardwalk. Yes, yes, yes. Mr. Dundas, you card. And it, get, it, it gets worse, I'm afraid. How could it possibly get worse? Underneath the cartoon caricature of one Bart Simpson, a scoundrel of the highest degree, I wrote, one of his phrases that my parents, well, they told me when I was young I could not enjoy and found myself bursting out at the seams to write this. I wrote, eat my shorts underneath the picture of Bart Simpson for anyone to see. Shorts are, such a, them. Shorts are such a crude thing to wear upon one's legs that to eat them is to eat something that is already befouling good taste. Now, Mr. Yes. Dundas, I'm not mad at your transgression because, as we know, this trip of acting like a common man is about transgressions against taste and morals. However, your recent transgression of not allowing Mr. Ponchartrand to pour me another glass of wine before you told what Barch said. <laughs> oh, please, everyone, have more wine. Uh, gentlemen, more gentlemen, wine gentlemen, please, everyone. please calm down. I have something to admit myself. I'm afraid I haven't been perfectly honest with you. On our trip to Pismo Beach, I too absconded. No! Yes, Mr. Mr. Swips! I'm afraid so. Mr. Swips! Well, at the very same boardwalk, I found myself wandering, taking in the sights, the sounds, the colors, the smells. And well, I found myself in the strip club barcade, Crawdads. And there I found, well... A very beautiful young woman. No, Mr. Swips, you dog. Yes, her name was Belligerence. If she is a common woman, I hope that you had some sort of assistant at the ready that would check her for ticks. Well, it was B. We'll just say it was a magical afternoon. Belligerence danced for me, and I found while watching her, she became amused right then and there. My word. It inspired me to write. My finest, finest composition. Mr. Overthor's Overture. The birthday present I gifted to him. The very one I wrote at Crawdads. <gasps> Who would think such a middle-brow muse could produce such a transformative work of art? Well, yes, I would agree, Mr. Pontchartrain. Normally I would agree, but okay. that very day I found seen into belligerence's gyrations. You could find beauty anywhere. And Mr. Overthor, it is a beautiful song. It has more notes than any song. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. I worry that there are simply so many notes on this song that it risks ruining the composition. But these notes. Well, a composition of music is much like a glass of wine. The more notes there are in the fragrance, the more sophistication allows your mind to be transported to a place of pure, Mm. sublime bliss. You know, I thought I could never f- ever write something with more notes than my cantata, The Warbler's Trestle. Ah, yes. But something at Pismo well. Beach sparked something within me, within all of us. I think that Pismo Beach is a magical place. That it is, but gentlemen, I must make a confession about our trip to Pismo Beach. <gasps> Mr. Pontchartrain! I too absconded. I must admit, yes, I was trying to play it off like the craziest thing I did there was wear a shirt that had been teed. But, in fact, do you remember the dinner that the four of us had at Beefsteak Charlie's? Yes, yes, I remember it quite well. Well, I must confess. I wish to forget it. 
Well, I must confess, you know, I was I was really playing it up that this was the first I had ever heard of the place. But the night before, I absconded to Beefsteak Charlie's and ate not one, but two beefsteaks and eggs all by myself. My goodness. I ate so much, in fact, that they put my photo on the wall and I had to ask for it to be removed before the four of us showed up the next day. For I fear that my face would have become very pallid if you gentlemen saw that photo upon that wall. Your gluttony knows no bounds, but I simply must say, when in Pismo Beach... Oh, indeed, I'll drink I to that. Mm-hmm. Come to think of it, I do remember now. Even though you were drinking Blue Moons, you refused any of the jalapeno blaster appetizer. And for the first time, I thought, for once, Mr. Pontchartrain is rejecting food. I found it curious. Now I know the truth. I found myself eating almost all of those chicken to fingers. Mr. Pontchartrain, I realized when I called the waitress a bitch for for giving you a knowing (laughs) look, it's because you were there the night before, not because she was above her station? Uh, It pains me to admit it, but that is the truth. Mr. Pontchartrain... Do not fret over the lost feelings of some waitress. Her name was surely Sally or Pamela or something. (laughs) Yes, with dirty fingernails as well, I assume. I believe she had French tips. They were quite nice, actually. Well, it was hard to tell if they were dirty because of how fraudulent they were. These bizarre fake nails. Yes, but I must say in the entirety of Pismo Beach, while we all had our own respective adventures, I did enjoy our dinners at Old West Cinnamon Rolls. And I must say, I have never eaten that many that much pastries in one sitting before. But when you're out on Pismo Beach all day, checking out the boardwalk, looking to see what types of fat, ugly teenagers there are now... It does work up quite an appetite. I must say, though, our our little vacation did end abruptly when Ah, a disgusting young man walked up to us on the beach with a flyer to... Oh, please, for Mr. Overther's sake, do not mention the name of the band that he was trying to get us to see. Please cover your ears, Mr. Overthor. They were performing at a house. Even They could not even perform inside of, say, an amphitheater. It was a disgusting, dirty house at which this band that played electrified guitars was going to play some of their little ditties and riff on their guitars. And the band was called Aces High. Even even worse than the vile nature of a jean jacket is to cut said sleeves off of a jean jacket to just be some sort of rockish, vile Tattered vest. I find it so distasteful. This, what do they call it? Hard rock music puts a shiver in my spine now. Mr. Dundas, I will have to recommend that to recognize the good taste of the jean jacket's wearer for donning less denim than is necessary after removing the sleeves. Oh, Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, it was a good start remitting the sleeves. Perhaps now you could toss the entire jacket. (laughs) My thoughts exactly, Mr. (laughs) Dundas. Gentlemen, Pismo Beach, as I spoke, was a place of mysticism, fantasy, and dreams. But that man from Aces High, or the promoter, whoever he was, is a foul taste in my mouth. Let us speak on sweeter things. Now, as you know... I had been courting the resplendent Miss Winterbloom. Mm. And I'm pleased to say she has become my seventh betrothed. The seventh woman I've been engaged to, am still engaged to, though I will never marry, they will never let me go. Mr. Swips, you have a heart bursting at the seams with capacity for love. I have poetry within me, man. I must admit, I find your romantic exploits to be quite admirable. Tell me. Tell me, please, Mr. Swips. How did you bed her? (laughs) Maybe Mm. off the record this will have to be, but... Yes, we're on the French Riviera, please, on the St. Vitus Chocolatier. Let's just say that Miss Winterbloom and I took a dip in one of your clawfoot tubs at my estate. (laughs) You left it there. I couldn't resist. 
Mr. It was my gift to you. In my wildest dreams, I was hoping you would take a sort of muse, concubine, mistress, dare I I say even an escort into that clawfoot tub. It intended... For those of you who don't know, this clawfoot tub stands at 10 feet tall. The claws are very tall. There's a ladder that you must use to climb in. Yes, and you'll find yourself on the inside of the tub with complete privacy. Maybe not for sound, but for vision. Well, let me say there's a lot of suds and bubbles on the floor. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I would say perhaps the only thing more romantic than a large clawfoot tub is a giant martini glass. (laughs) Perhaps a bed made of roses, literal roses. Mm, Yes, yes. Yes, I I find myself uh, uh, sweating a little bit at my extremities now, thinking about the sheer volume of romance you've been performing lately. Uh, Me, myself, I have... uh, Finally made it official with my favorite escort, Deborah. Mr. Dundas. Yes, yes, Deborah. Now I have completely on retainer. Wherever I am at, she is staying in an identical booked hotel in the route next town over. And I have her at my disposal at all times. Not quite as a romantic arrangement, but I am a man with extensive physiological needs. And as such, Deborah has proven a fitting sport to service those needs. That sounds as as salacious as the type of novels I like to read. Mm, Yes, quite erotic indeed. However, these you can bring into the bathtub. Oh. Mr. Dundas, you old honey dripper. Yes. Well, as it turns out, that's not really a preference anymore. I have simply engaged in coitus exclusively in the bathtub for over two decades, and now I find it physically impossible to do it outside. Well, you do have a taste for maritime iconography, Mm -hmm. boats, oceans, anchors, and perhaps Mm -hmm. a little seafaring romance along the way. Brigantines, Baroques, Caravels, Carracks. Any type of boat, really. You know, I too must admit that I recently had a bit of a springtime foible. Mr. Pontetrain. Mr. Pontetrain. And uh, perhaps, uh, if I'm being honest, it's there's a continuing series of uh, perhaps occasional trysts that continue with my ravishing and elegantly European au pair. Oh, an au pair. Yes, you see, I don't have children, so there's not a lot for her to do. Right. And she could do some housework for me, but like... I think that doing dishes is a little bit low class. I think you should throw away your dishes after each meal, even if it's fine mm, china, yes, perhaps. Yes, mm. so, yes. So I feel the, the same way about china. suits. You know, she just doesn't have a whole lot to do, and yet she's just so good at her job that I, I couldn't ever let her go. And so with all that downtime, things just became electric between us, I must admit. Mm, please, Mr. Pontchartrain, you dirty dog with the au pair. I'm impressed. Perhaps our little... Uh, 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 excursion to Pismo Beach. You brought a little bit of the beach back with you. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, Dundas. you know, I, next I, thing I know, we're going to be going back to Beefsteak Charlie's well, to have a well, slice no, of cheesed cake. Let's not go that far. But but let me tell you this: although you'll often see me perhaps kiss the lip of my wine glass, I will never kiss and tell. Mm. Well, I thought you just told us that you had had a tryst well with. maybe i'll tell a little bit but i'm not gonna get into the details okay just making sure you know some of the you know i've had this argument with uh, i wanted to clarify because i've had this argument with mr swips over and over again he says that you do not have to bed your muse and i believe you must bed your muse now now mr dundas the muse is not there to be bed the bed is there for the muse the time will come if it must now, the entire point of the muse is to evoke some sort of artistic or otherwise inspiration yes. from the sexual carnal act. Is not, not the, the oh, beauty. Oh, see, I don't know. Is not the point of the muse to beguile and inspire great art? Misters, misters, my belief but you have is that if the muse enter them. is an ingenue, then one must simply go mm. no further than receiving a oh. hand job from them. Perhaps a kiss on the cheek of something that you could do with in your own clawfoot tub with your memories later. You see, every but you're saying do not cross the sexual threshold. I understand. I believe that all muses must be ingenues, but not all ingenues must be muses. 
It's an important distinction to clarify. Can a concubine be a muse? Can, can a muse say. be any but a nubile woman? Mm, yes, yes, yes. Now, when we were in Breakfast Beach, Mr. Overthor found himself being drawn to the young woman that worked in the surf shop. They had a mutual affinity for some 41. And he confided in me that after taking psilocybin next to that fire on the beach, that young woman, Chloe Kaminsky, gave him a handy sandy. Mr. Overthrow! Mr. Overthrow! You dirty dog! You I claim your own name, Mr. Overthrow. You are saint. He's, he's dissociating. That <laughs> moment it's, just brought him back to that handy sandy with Chloe Kaminsky in three oh, Perhaps give Mr. Overthrow the smelling salts. His head is lulling quite wildly. Perhaps more wine, Mr. Overthor. More wine for Mr. Overthor. To Mr. Overthor. Perhaps Mr. Mr. Overthor. Gentlemen, we have to play our favorite game. Garçon. <gasps> Garçon. Oh, yes, yes, For those yes. listening, Garçon is our favorite game. The three of us sit and wait and enjoy ourselves in revelry while one of us plays the very Garçon. Yes. Of course, when we play Garçon, we are not actually grabbing the dishes or the drinks ourselves. We are simply acting as an intermediary between the pre-existing server. But the costume is so very fun to wear. Yes, yes, yes. The bow tie makes me feel like a little boy at my first communion. Gentlemen, 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 say may I be the lowly boy. (laughs) Mr. Overther! Well, as the the sun is dipping and as the night draws near, I say we play Garçon as we make our way to our destination in Monte Carlo. Why are we going, gentlemen? Well, of course. We are taking my very expensive yacht down the French Riviera, the St. Vitus Chocolatier, which I have purchased with the... Well, I'd say the new business idea I've had where I am simply putting out life insurance on expensive dogs for rich people and then finding a lookalike dog, killing it and swapping them, and it's mostly subsidized by the Greek government, but I'm not going to get into that. But we are taking my newfound wealth and we are going to Monaco to get rare furs and spices. We're going to try our good friend, celebrity chef Remy Trapeze's bone marrow dish that he made from the leg of a brontosaurus. Well, yes, we'll be swapping vessels Something from with this. stem cells. We'll be swapping vessels from this one to that one in the upcoming port before making the final stretch to Monte Carlo. So on the way, we will be swapping our clothes as well. Garçon! I'm calling the dibs on Garçon. No! Oh, well, between Mr. Overthur and Mr. Swips, you two settle which one is going to be Garçon. But Garçon, I am calling for you now. Gentlemen. I must have your, more persimmon wine. Your wine, your wine, oh gentlemen, your wine. May I pour oh, it for you? Mr. Overthur, I, I insist I serve you. Oh, 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 oh. there quite a lot of wine, Garçon. Oh, I don't know if I can handle it. Garçon, perhaps if you could take a drink for me to lessen my glass's load. Sir, sir, I will take a sip. Garçon, that's too much wine for you to drink. I did not give you permission to drink over half my glass. Excuse me, Garçon. (laughs) Allow me to pour you more to make up the difference. Yes, sir, you must. Garçon, I have a complaint to make about this ravishing glass of wine. Mr. Punchartrand, please. Now, when I suggested <laughs> that I require a glass of wine that talks, nay, no, no, dare I say, sings, what I had in mind was a glass of wine that says chim chim churi. However, this glass of wine is saying kukuriku, and that simply shall not do. Mr. Punchartrand, a thousand pardons. May I run to the cellar and replace your wine? I Garcon. dare say you make haste. Garcon. Mr. Swips, yes, how may I serve you today? This wine will do just fine. Now, if you do us the beautiful honor of singing with us in this moonlight. Mr. Swips, I haven't done my vocal warm-ups. Mr. Dundas, will you lead us in the song? But what song shall I sing? Hmm. Santa Lucia, Nessum Dorma. 
Mm, yes. Mr. Overture's I... Overture. Whatever you please. Well, I'd love to sing Mr. Overthor's Overture. Please join in if you know the word. There are quite a number of notes in that piece. Some say more notes than any. Some say it's over 2,000. Oh, quiet bravery. Oh, Shall the ramparts bolster the boats of the greatest groves of the biggest wine of the sweetest fruit? Oh, Mr. Overthirst, please play us your own. 